You are listening to episode three of the Industrial Tradition podcast. Today, we get to chat with Mary-Kate Page, also known as MK or XOMK online. I'm so excited for you guys to get to hear her story and get to know her. She is an entrepreneur at heart, a part of the double mastectomy sisterhood. She loves graphic tees, laughter, and coffee. She's also a dog mom. She's a pipeline wife. I just, there's just so many things about her that I absolutely love. I've really got to know her in the last couple of months. I just know that her story is going to touch so many people. So we actually chatted for a while and today is going to be the first part of our conversation and then next week will be part two. So today we're going to dive into like a little bit of her background, first part of adulthood and how she became a pipeline wife. And then next week, I'm going to talk to her all about her double mastectomy and what's up for the future. So I hope you guys will join us this week and come back next week. We put out episodes every single Wednesday morning. So I hope you guys enjoy. We believe that ordinary people's stories are the ones that need to be told. We want to meet you in the trenches of everyday life and say, me too. Pipeline families, farmers, ranchers, makers, mothers, mechanics, truckers, welders, and alike are all welcome here. Industrial Tradition is a brand dedicated to celebrating you and the way you live life. I'm Kayla, creator of Industrial Tradition and your host. I love that our community is filled full of people with tough roots and wild dreams. This is our community kitchen table. Show up here to talk shop, tell soul-filled stories, share your best advice, and shake hands with folks living on hard work and faith, just like you. Hi, Mary-Kate. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. I want to start out every podcast kind of telling people where we are because we travel and we're going to get into it. You travel. So we're always in different places. I'll start and then you can follow. I am in the camper in Pennsylvania, back in Pennsylvania. And then we also are going to say what we're sipping on. And I actually am totally giving into my addiction and drinking a Coke today. So (laughs) where are you at and what are you sipping on? I am currently in Shawnee, Kansas at my grandparents' house. I was just in Missouri and tomorrow I head to West Virginia. So back to pipeline life, but the modern day luxuries are amazing. Like for example, I'm sipping on an iced coffee and those are so hard to come by. So, and then of course the water. We talked about that. We can't drink too much water because we got, you know, we're going to be talking for an hour. So you have to. Yeah. I got to kind of like dehydrate hence the coffee. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like we've got to know each other quite a bit in the last couple of months. I mean, we still have a lot of get to knowing to do, but I want to kind of like back step a little bit. And I love your shirt today, by the way, if you guys are watching on YouTube, we do uncut versions on YouTube. So we are on video. If you want to catch that, I think it helps having the video because then you can feed into each other a little bit. (laughs) 
I really like it. Yeah, I really like it. And it helps not to like talk over each other as much. I think you were kind of saying this the other day. So I thought we could start here. How did we meet? Oh my gosh. I don't even know how long I've been following you. I wish I could tell you that kind of stuff. But I initially reached out to you and became your friend because I found your vlog on YouTube. Basically, I was just looking for other wives like me. I was in a place where there wasn't a lot of women around or wives or girlfriends or that I knew of or I wasn't really a part of any of the Facebook pages at the time or knowing really like my tribe. And I was just looking for people. And I was like, when I saw your vlog, I was like, oh my gosh, my husband's name's Josh. And I was like, we have to do this. We have to vlog too, which we never did. But I thought it was so cool. (laughs) And I wouldn't have known that like for a long time, I thought you had been pipelining forever. And then just like recently, we've been pipelining about the same amount of time. So I'm going on seven years in October. The whole reason why I started the blog and then the vlog was because I was in search of the same thing. And I think that there's still tons, actually, I know there's still tons of women out there, just like what we were then. Some are like, you know, new into it, fixing to get into it. Some have been into it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was so excited to get you on here so early on, because I just think that you sharing your story, whenever it comes to like pipeline, wife life is going to help so many people. So of all these things that you are, and you have been through and done in your life, which one kind of happened first? So were, was like, I know you went to school, right? You like, can you kind of take me back to, was there any like big pillars in childhood, high school? I I know you went to college. So how did all of that kind of unfold timeline wise? Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know how far back you want to go. I'm originally from Alaska and my parents moved to Oregon. We moved when I was in third grade and you wouldn't know it now, but my dad was like super concerned about me socially because I didn't have like any friends and I got teased really hard for being tall. The first thing I remember of third grade was she's too tall to be in the third grade. And it ended up being my neighbor of all people, but that was a really hard transition time. Uh, my parents owned their own business. And I can remember saying back then, I will never own my own business. And that's so funny because it's been in my blood for like ever. And I tried to fight it for so long entrepreneurship, but like (laughs) they truly say, like, if you can't think of like, you have 10 things you want to do and you can't decide which one to do, like you truly are an entrepreneur. I grew up in a small cowboy town, basically in the middle of Oregon. It's like central Oregon. And then I went to school. I graduated when I was 17 and I went to college and I hated it. I literally gained 20 pounds in one term and I didn't drink. I ate myself to death, basically. Like I had like the freedom, like to eat French fries at every meal and that Mm -hmm. happened. And then a box of donuts and I was like a case of Pepsi a day. Like it was, I was depressed and I was in a town in Oregon that was pretty rainy. So I ended up, I always say withdrew from college, my, my uh, first term. I love that. I don't like, (laughs) it was hard. It was an emotional, whoa, roller coaster. I bet. I went home. And then I got a couple jobs and that began my, I've always worked. I've worked forever. I like worked in my parents' store, cutting keys and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And then I worked in the mill. I was a maid at some point, like, and I've always had multiple jobs at once. And so I used to really pride myself on like my work ethic. 
So then I decided on a college I was going to go to. So I sat out the rest of the year. And then the following year, I went to a school in the eastern part of Oregon. And that was the first time I really felt like I could be me. And that's where MK was born. That's kind of what I go by because everybody has such a hard time with my name, which is funny enough, or I got tired of hearing like, where's Ashley? But funny story, I did have a roommate named Ashley in college. So there was a Mary Keaton Ashley. (laughs) I've never thought of that whenever I thought of your name. I love your name. I feel like it goes together so well. And even your last name, which is your married name, right? Yeah. So my uh, main name is McCarthy. And that's like a whole nother story. Like I kept my name name for like a year because I was just like, didn't want to get rid of it. I love my last name. But Page is good oh too, God. but I always feel like I have to spell it for people because they always want to put an I in it. Right. That's funny. Well, your married name really worked out for you. I was the same way though. I was super like, I held on, I wanted to hold on to my last name. So college back in the Eastern Oregon area, I graduated in three years in a term. I just really like overhauled. And if anybody's in college and you're trying to figure out like how to get through classes, only recommendation would be take all the five credit classes specifically just take what you need to and don't fill it up with all the other BS, you know, like that was just me. Plus I paid for it all on my own. I didn't have any assistance and I worked. I had some random jobs back in the day in college. When I graduated college, I think the hardest thing was is that one, I never wanted to go to college. I'm just going to like say that I was a four point student, but like it was not really, I just felt like it was expected. I never really wanted to go. Like I honestly wanted to go to like hair school when I was like in high school, but I knew that wasn't like, Oh my God. (laughs) I applied. It was on a waiting list. And because I was on the waiting list, I ended up finishing my last, I think two years at college. This is insane. Yeah. So that's crazy. (laughs) But, and it's funny because if I like, I wish I had like a picture to show you like what I looked like in high school, because it's like laughable to think I wanted to go to like hair school. Like (laughs) I thought clear mascara was it and that like I had a perm and everyone called me muff. Like I'll let you insert. (laughs) That's amazing. So I didn't even know what I wanted to go to school for. And my dad had said, you know, the only advice I can give you is just get your business degree because you can basically apply it to anything. And I feel like that was like the best advice I could have gotten. So I graduated and I was just, I got asked, you know, like everyone knew I was about ready to graduate where I worked. And like at the time I was a cocktail, like a cocktail waitress at a bar. I know that sounds super weird, but it was like a sports bar. No. And I also worked for a massage therapist as like his receptionist and that kind of thing. So they kept being like, well, what's your plan? And I was like, shit, I don't know. Can you, sorry, can we cuss on this? Yeah, you can cuss. Okay. (laughs) I was like, shit, I don't know. Cause Like, what are you supposed to do? It's not like you just have a bunch of stuff lined up. So I felt this like deep need to like have it figured out and I didn't. And I left when I shouldn't have. I made better money doing those two jobs than I did my next job out of college, which I worked as a manager at Hollister. Yeah. So that was my first job out of college and miserable. Plus, I'm not like the size of girl. (laughs) For Hollis, I mean, I wore like, I used to be able to get the jeans because they were extra length and then everything just got smaller and smaller. And I was like, not tiny. So it just kind of, I don't know. And I was like, that like social, I don't know, society saying like, I needed to have more of it figured out. And I had always anticipated I'd be like some corporate, you know, 
mm-hmm. boss lady. And so I ended up getting a job back in my hometown in a place I said I would never go again. Funny mm-hmm. how when you insert never, you end up doing it again just to, to remind yourself yeah, never to say never. Just don't say that. <laughs> yeah. So I worked at a tire company back in Central Oregon, and that's really well known like in the West Coast. I had no like prior IT experience or anything like that, but huge growing part. And I also work, I don't know, they call it moonlighting, right? Like when you work weekends as a bartender to make extra money because I made nickels and dimes and I had all those student loans. Leads me to how I met my husband. (laughs) I met him at uh, the bar I worked at. He had a bunch of friends that used to were like some of my regulars. And he came in and he was tipping me 20s thinking he was all baller <laughs> off his first pipeline job. Yeah. And he's not from my hometown. So it's pretty funny. It's random is like, we totally should have met before we did because like his best friend, he came and stayed in my dorm, like my floor of my dorms, like the mm-hmm. year I was there. And like his dad actually went to high school with my mom. Like they're in the same year to find out. And then our mom share like a best friend from childhood. Like so weird. Like, but that's total God moment, right? So I so literally never saw him again a year later. And the first time I saw him, I had long hair like this. And then the second time I saw him, we were at a PBR event. He had two friends that were bull riding in it. And I was with my friend Ashley and ran into him that he didn't, they didn't remember who I was at first because I had a really short A line. And then he recognized, like I said, who I was. And then later he came down and this was like New Year's. He came down to find me and he's like, asked me for my number. And I was like, oh, I don't give my number out when I'm drinking. Gosh, this is so embarrassing. And so then he was like, okay, well, let me give me yours. So I took his number and then I was like, oh, I'll call it to make sure it's a real number. Yeah. So then he got my number. (laughs) So then he was like, he had called to like try to meet up later that night. And I was like, no, please. And then a couple days later, he texted me and I decided to call him. And he was actually driving from Oregon to Ohio and he went straight through for a, a job. And I thought, well, I will not date anybody long distance. I already did that. And I thought not going to happen. And he was younger than me and a little shorter than me. And those were like <laughs> all the things I said I would never do that's (laughs) on the list of never yeah yeah yeah. and so we talked literally after that like every day for hours and it felt like so much longer but it wasn't and so the first time I ever ever went to go see him he was in a job in Louisiana and so I flew out there and it happened to be over Valentine's weekend but like there was no significance it was just like getting to see Mm -hmm. each other so this would be the first time we ever hung out ever. And like the first time, like both of us would have been sober. (laughs) So you are flying thousands of miles to, to meet this person. So I get all the way to like, I don't know. I had the weirdest connections. I, I had to catch three flights. I get to Georgia and there's this freak snowstorm and they shut down the airport as I'm boarding. So I don't have any baggage. I don't know what to do. I only have a long weekend and they're not flying us out for two days. So I was like, call my mom and she was like, drive. And I was like, okay. So I was 25 or 24, 25, trying to remember now. Rental cars were more expensive or whatever, but I drove and I stopped in Mississippi and this guy was like, I can't let you stay here. You're in a bad neighborhood. So can you drive just a little bit longer to our sister hotel? And I was like, thankful. Didn't have anything to change into. Didn't have like 
I mean, oh my gosh. And I can't just like go buy a pair of pants. Like it's not simple for me. Like my, like length was an issue. And this is before skinny jeans. Like, so let's be real. (laughs) I can get away with skinny jeans now, but so I had whatever I had on that day. And I finally like, wasn't even nervous anymore. I was just like, get me there. And he ended up having a rain out and it worked out. And the first, like we meet each other, awkward, knew him so well, it felt like, but then you insert like meeting and hanging out. And that was like, another thing, you go out to dinner and if there's a, like a puddle outside, I will step in it. I literally ate shit like two feet up in the air and ate it. And I had bird poop all over my one pair of pants. That was horrible. Yeah. So that was our first, our first meet. Then yeah, he came back for like two days and end of March and I get a call at work and it's on April Fool's Day. And he says, Hey, I'm uh, heading to Montana right now. Um, We got a call to go to work. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so funny. April Fool's. He's like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, so that was the first time I had like a whoa letdown of this lifestyle pipeline. And so we dated for like a year, year and a half, probably long distance. And I was like, so I was really unhappy where I was at work. And like, I again looked into going to hair school, but um, I couldn't afford to live and go to school. And I wasn't really willing to like just do nights or like the jobs I would have to have, I'd have to work nights. But those are when part-time students could go to the schools I was looking at. So anyways, he and I decided that he'd support me, which again, that's another never. I never said I would never let a man like I was, you know, misindependent. Yeah, I read that blog post of yours and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to tell her, I'm going to link that in the show notes because I think it was just that whole post was so relatable because I was that girl on so many levels as well. And I think a lot of people who end up doing what we're doing mm-hmm. struggle with that because we come from, you know, we, we are independent women before we meet our husbands. Mm-hmm. And what's great about that is that this lifestyle, you kind of have to be independent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely helps, but then there's those things that you told yourself you would never do mm-hmm. or like somebody in your life told you to never do. And of course, like relying on a man fully is one of those that a lot of us girls were told or taught. My whole point is I'm going to link that in the show notes because I just, I love that. There's so many like moments in there where I'm like, yep, yes, (laughs) I did that. That was me. (laughs) So I'm going to link that down below, but keep going with your story. I basically call it quitting my life because that's what it felt like. I quit everything I knew up until that point to go follow some guy and do whatever he was doing, traveling to these different places. And if you want to talk, like we could do a whole nother episode, probably just on like road trip stories, because my first experience of traveling, Mm -hmm. horrible. I honestly think we could probably do like break off and do like six episodes. (laughs) So you'll definitely be oh, back if, if you want to be. I would love to. Yeah. But this is, and this is what's so funny is like, I have told this story to a lot of just like my immediate friends and family mm-hmm. that are not pipeline. 
but I've never, this is my first time literally sharing my story to the masses. And I was honestly a little nervous, but like excited because I feel like it's truly been on my heart. And that's where I started this blog is to kind of just like open the doors. But I think when you're being vulnerable, you're open to judgment. And, you know, just even the things that the I nevers and stuff was prior to like, I whatever personal development was, which I call pre-funk. I'm just so grateful that I have that now because my mindset is so different. I mean, and it's something you have to continue to work on, like you've said, and so many of the things you talk about, like, you can't just fix it. It's not a one and done. Like it's a forever, yeah. it's a forever demon in, in a positive way though, right? So back to me pipelining, I quit my life, packed up my stuff, drove to Wyoming. I thought that's where we were going to be was in Wyoming. And Mm -hmm. they ended up getting another job in Pennsylvania. And so I met up with them in Wyoming and got in at like nine o'clock at night. And we left the next morning at like 4.30 and drove straight through because they had to be there to test. And he was a helper at this time. So he wasn't welding, he was a helper. And so, yeah, I was, I mean, and there's more to this story, but we get there. And I remember driving up to this place. It was Montrose, Pennsylvania. And I thought, what did I get myself into? Like, I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to be these cute little towns and it'll be so fun. And I can go like travel around and like, I'm a traveler now. Yeah. Bitch, please. Like that never happened. Like, (laughs) even when you are there, you don't necessarily like travel around. Like you end up living normal life. And I think that's what's so... I have a post I was supposed to post yesterday and I didn't do it, but it basically talks about my favorite question that people give you, which is, what do you do all day? And so I kind of answered that in one of my next blog posts, living life on a 50 amp. Yes, I will link that too, because that is just... That's the truest thing. And you showing up there, I I hope to have my uh, sister-in-law at some point because I was there the first time that she flew to meet Rodney on a job and we had a whole like probably the most disastrous trip we've ever had was that trip getting to Ohio and so we were behind Rodney but I think only by a couple days and we pulled into this campground it wasn't a campground it was a mobile home park Mm -hmm. that they had listed as like an RV park and they basically just had old spots where mobile homes were and you could like hook up your camper. Well, the problem was, is that there was no pads. And so these homes, you know, there was like footings or whatever, but there's these homes had been there for however long. And so the ground wasn't hard. So we backed our fifth wheels off of the pavement and everything just sunk. And it was a muddy mess and there was cat poo everywhere. And it was so trashy. And I was just like, this poor girl just flew here from <laughs> South Dakota and she's probably like, what the actual hell did I get yeah. myself into very much yeah. like, and I want her to be able to tell that story, but that I think is, I mean, basically I've talked to you and I are, and I know her story. So that's two people. And I know that that's not the only two that that's happened to. It's like, once you dive into pipeline life and some of it's like traveling in general, but I think pipeline life itself is this whole other thing. And it's just chaos. It is, especially at the beginning. It's chaos. Well, and we used to have the attitude, like if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to us. 
And then of course, yes, it is going to, but now I always say makes for a great story. Cause when you're in the moment on the side of the road, because Mm -hmm. you just lost your duels while pulling your camper, it it ain't very funny. (laughs) But you (laughs) have to, that's the only way you can keep it light. Cause you're like, well, it'll make for a good story. Like you just know it's going to happen. Like the first time we, I, my travel experience is that we were going up a hill and Josh's transmission blew out. And we were just outside of cell service. We then had to like drive three hours back to get my stepdad's truck. And then this is in the good old day of Garmin's pre like real apps. And so it took us on, we went over the Grand Teton. It was horrible. Up and then down and we had to pull over because our brakes were too hot. I thought we were going to blow this other transmission. Oh my God. And then it ended up taking us on a forest what are you know like those forest roads or whatever it was just like dirt I mean like what the actual (laughs) okay so here's the deal we're gonna make a date and we're gonna do a whole podcast just on travel stories perfect okay like switching travel stories because I think that that would be hilarious oh and you feed off of each other like I was I was out to with a girlfriend and we were like say one and then we would like one up each other like it's fun (laughs) well and like you said transmission I'm like that story I was just telling you about Brooke that's what happened Austin's transmission went out while he was pulling the camper like back and forth it all day and that just I hope if anybody's out there (laughs) if you're like traveling and you happen to be listening to this and the trip is just going awful like we feel you we have been there that's a me too moment, which I want you to make a shirt that says me too. And I want to buy it. <laughs> I, I really want to, like, I want to do a line inspired by me too. That's yeah. like in the notebook to happen one day. I love those moments. And yeah, I definitely think that that is one. So you basically started traveling right off the bat and you started traveling before y'all got married. Yes. Which was, you know, made my parents worry, but like, the, the worst thing I knew that could ever happen is that I could always go home and I could start over. Yep. Like that was never an issue and it was really hard at first. And it was, you know, super challenging on relationship because money is good when you're working, but when you're not and, you know, you're still like he was a helper and you have different expenses and you don't have like the newer things like our first trailer or his trailer then at the time wasn't mine yet. It was a 96 King of the Road. And so, you know, you're constantly fixing things, but I don't feel like that ever changes. I don't care how new your trailer is, but I don't. I ended up working um, in Pennsylvania. I got a job full time at a Victoria's Secret. And so I kind of felt like I just didn't know how to quit my old life fully. And not that I needed to, but like the first two weeks I was there, I was going stir crazy because I like had been working two jobs and had a different life. And then I went to like, I didn't have anybody to talk to during the day. You know, I didn't know any of these women yet. And, you know, I had, we were right by like all of like the big wigs of the company where we were parked. And I just never wanted to put off anything that would hurt Josh. Like I know that was just my perception in the beginning and that's not like right or wrong. And that was just where, cause I was so new to terms and I didn't know anything. Yeah. So we were up there for like almost two years and we, I was, oh I was in the same exact spot. Yes. And oh I hated my it. goodness. And when I first moved there, I didn't know where anything was. We were like right near the border of New York and mm-hmm. I went into Scranton and would drive like 45 minutes every day 
right. there and back. I think I got to the point too, where being in the corporate world, I mean, that's still corporate or like, you know, in a team setting, I'm a team yeah. player. I, you know, played sports and did all that, but I got to the point where I was so, I'd get so worked up because I wanted to like move forward, but I also knew that I couldn't because of our lifestyle. And yeah. like, I knew the realistic of that, but I also was like, I got tired of working for something that I really didn't care about, but I would get myself all worked up about it. We left. And after that job, basically I said, I'm either going to go and you're coming with me or that's, this is it. Because this, it was just so, I was just in a really hard spot. He left and he ended up testing Went down to Oklahoma and tested to be a welder and we got a job right away in Missouri. And then I haven't really had a traditional job since I was able to travel. My mom had a deep flap surgery. She'd already had a double mastectomy before. Long story, don't need to get into it, but I was able to go home and help with that. And I got to be like plan our wedding. And that was really nice. And it was like a good growing time for me to kind of decompress and like kind of retell my story in my head of like what I thought my life had to look like and how it would fit in with being married to someone on the road. And I wasn't willing to be separate. That's my opinion. I'm not faced with that decision right now. Um, We have, and it's just really hard. And it's hard for me. I like to be there if I can. Like we had some tough times the first year and a half, two years, he was broke out as a welder because you have jobs starting like after Stewart school, like April, June. And then, you know, they end October, November. And sometimes it was hard to, so we'd go home to Oregon and then I would work and then he left and then I would follow later. I did my first introduction to MLM was Plexus. Didn't even really know, but it was like, so it was after we got to like, Missouri. And on that job, we moved to different yards or whatever. And we were in Oklahoma at the time. And it filled my day with like productive stuff and like education. And but I wasn't ever like super bossy pants about it. Like I never even was on my Facebook at the time. I only just scrolled to see other people. And then I decided that wasn't really my jam. And anyhow, I fell into Beachbody. That's where I learned about personal development and really how that affects you in a positive way. And I basically did it as another quick fix right before the wedding fit into my dress because I bought it off the shelf and I had really bad habits and I would buy gym memberships and not be able to like use them all because we would leave. Literally, I bought one and then the next day we left so I can do it in my trailer. I did that on and off and every time I wanted to quit, it was like God tug for me to stay to, you know, inspire and motivate and work alongside these women. I never had a team. I really was just like retail sales only. And I had just a very small group. As much as I wanted it to be a thing for me, I'm so blessed that it wasn't because now I I can pursue my own thing without feeling the guilt of letting all these other people down. You know, like if I had right. like downline or something. So right. I still, you know, use the product, but like I love the workouts, but I just realized, you know, at this point in my life and the seasons are always changing. And that's the thing that's so funny is like, you know, you say one part of your story, but I just think to myself, wow, like I don't even have to be the same person I was 10 seconds ago. And that's just like kind of freeing because you're constantly evolving. I decided to like kind of let that go and that. I kind of went into a little bit of a depression over that because again, I felt like I was failing at something in my life. Like I just felt like no matter what I touched, it was never successful because for this whole time I've deemed success to be, you know, advancements, paychecks, like all sorts of things. Right. And 
wanting something for your life. And now I just like, even within the last few months, I've really just tried to redefine that for myself. And I have a luxury that most people don't to truly get to try on as many things as I want. And I don't have to work because Josh is and I will work and I'm not afraid of any work. I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, a lot of times like people are struggling with like, is it enough for me to like be a stay at home wife if I'm not a stay at home mom? And I think it's like so important and there's so many different levels I could hit on this, but Mm -hmm. I love that idea that it allows you to be, to be so much for your marriage. So like you still are doing so much for your spouse and these, like our husbands work so many hours that it's really beneficial to them if you are there and can like take up the slack on doing everyday stuff like I always call it like logistics mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's like the that's everyday smart. errands the every week week errands and just like keeping up the home and all those things I think too that it allows you to be such a blessing to your family your friends and your community and once I kind of like had that switch in my head which it took a while I really dove into that role. And while that ended up not being the role for me super, super long-term, I think that it definitely could be for a lot of people if they would just step into that. And it is such a blessing and it's attainable and it's fine and you're worthy and all those things. And so I love that you brought it up because I just think that that I don't know. I just think it's so important. And I think a lot of women struggle with that. Preach, sister. I wish I could articulate better my whole thought process. And that is more recent because I still dealt with that insecurity of feeling like I wasn't enough. Or like when people ask, what did I do? I didn't have some amazing title to share. And, you know, society tells you, you know, you go to school, you graduate college, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids and that's life, that's happiness, that's success. And that's false. It can be whatever you want it to be. And I wish that like, if there was anything that the, like a woman who's listening out there could take from this, who is struggling is that like be an advocate for your own life and what truly is on your heart. And sometimes it takes a while to listen because I wish I would have heard this in the beginning, even if I wasn't pipelining that yeah, the expectations, you know, that's the thing that kills. But just like you're saying, stepping into your role, like we do have such a big parts and a lot of people can't relate until you live this life. And even if you're not, so what? Be a stay-at-home wife. That's okay. Like change the title. Titles, that's another thing I could get into. Like titles oh, yeah. piss me off because then it just sets you up to be this one thing. And I'm like, I'm Mary Kate. Like that's who I am. And I'm just out there living. And mm-hmm. I'm going to try this blog thing on for a minute. And I'm going to try on some entrepreneurship. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm on to the next thing. But that doesn't have to define me, like just being a stay at home wife doesn't have to define me. And, you know, you were saying the logistics, that's funny. Cause I always say like, I treat everything like an event, like just going to the grocery stores, like an event in my day, because then it changes the mindset of it at being like mundane. And there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's lots of opportunity to do different things. And some days they go by really fast and some days, you know, they're lonely and slow, but I think it's really what you make of it. And it, it's not easy transitioning in. So I just want whoever's listening, like allow yourself that peace and that grace. Cause it is 
it's a transitional period for sure. And like you said, you've been doing this, you've been traveling for seven years, right? Mm-hmm. And how long have y'all been married? I was like, uh, four, we'll be four <laughs> in December. Okay. Yeah. And I've been on the road for six years and I think that everybody's timeline is different, but I think it's important to note that like, I just had most of these realizations in the last like year. So it took a minute. It took a lot of minutes, years actually. It's like listening to good people too, to like remind you of things that have been so embedded that we don't even realize because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tradition and you're not a mom yet. I unfortunately am not a mom either. And, you know, that's kind of a hard place too. Um, we used to have this plan, like people ask like, well, when are you going to stop traveling? Cause my family just like, they always want to know what's next and where we're going to be and how long our jobs are. And that unfortunately, like you just don't know on the pipe, like you can give estimates, but you know, if they yeah. say something, add four weeks every to everything, but still like, you don't know, we don't know what's next. And you know, like the thing was like, oh, if I got pregnant, I would like, my idea was I'll travel with them until they're ready to go to school. And for me personally, where I was thinking now, like I would be like, well, I want to be permanent and have them in school so they can be athletics and do all of that. And I don't want to be a single mom. So Josh would have to like, we would have to live a different life, but you can plan all this until you go through it. And then you decide what's right for your family. You know, it's just like my double mastectomy. I thought like it would be one way and I decided against another part of my surgery, up and I wouldn't have known up until going through it, like what you really need or want. We haven't been able to get pregnant. Now, like the philosophy is like, why? This is so cool. Like, I can't imagine being permanent anymore. Like, I wouldn't want to. Like, we don't foresee ourselves ending up in Oregon, but life has a way of just happening to you. So we'll see. Your house is your home on wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people too, I think a lot of families and I don't know, you know, y'all like from what I kind of gathered from you, you guys are kind of taking it as it comes. Cause you know that that's just how it's going to happen anyways. But a lot of people's families assume that pipeline and travel is temporary when for a lot of people, it maybe isn't. Maybe yeah. it's a career. Like Austin's mm-hmm. welding with a guy right now. I'm pretty sure He's in his 60s. Like he's been pipelining for years, welding Mm -hmm. for years, traveling his life, his whole life. It's funny because that is and can be the reality of this job, of this Mm -hmm. career. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that can come into play, like health and like your life changes and things happen or whatever, but it doesn't have to be temporary. And a lot of people maybe don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I love that you guys are like taking it as it goes, because I feel like, like we were just talking about, that's how it goes anyway. So (laughs) I just will just be like, you know what? It's not that you're living your life like without any type of plan. Like I see you as being a relatively strategic person. Like you're not just out there just like, oh, you know, like floating in the wind. Like I have no cares, but it's just saying, oh, you know, I'm fine with this and I realize the good in it and like the blessings in it and I'm rolling with it because that's what we're doing right now. Well, and I have to because my personality is super type A. And Mm -hmm. like, I like a plan. I like to know like what it's supposed to look like. And I really had to learn real quick. That's not the way this works. And so unless I wanted to be sad or let down all the time, 
And that's the other thing is like, I choose to travel. Like I've been with family all last week and that, and sometimes I go um, to Alaska for weeks at a time to be with family or wherever it may be. And I know that I have to make those decisions, meaning that I have to continue to live my life too. And I'm so grateful that my husband wants that for me, that he encourages me to go do those things because that's what also keeps me whole. I know that that's a luxury that I have that maybe some others don't, or I encourage you to, to just test the waters and do those things just because he can't join you doesn't mean like you shouldn't go do it either. Selfishly, I kind of wanted to ask you about this because I feel like, I don't know if you've always been like this, but I feel like from what I've seen, you do a good job of that. And that's something that I've really struggled with. Like there was a time, I think it was three years ago. I don't remember the exact year, maybe only two where I was like, okay, I'm sick of going back and home, back and forth all the time. I feel like I'm just everywhere. I need some consistency. Austin doesn't go home for months at a time. So you know what? I'm not going home until he goes home. And the only time I went home that year was for my birthday. My grandpa and I share a birthday. And so I always make sure I go back for that. And that was it. And it was good because I was able to really learn who I was. And that's something I really struggle with whenever I go back home. That's like a whole nother thing. I don't need to get into it today, but I struggle with that. So being away was good in that sense, but it definitely like I I get some of that guilt of thinking, oh, I mean, Austin's at work. So like, I guess I should, you know, probably be working. And he doesn't say that. He doesn't think that. But right. I put that on myself. And I think that, you know, I know that I'm not the only one that's done that. But I love how you take off. You guys are primarily with each other. You travel with him. But you do take off and, like, do your own thing and see your family. How do you, do you kind of just, <laughs> okay, so, so one of my main questions about this is, do you just book it last minute or do you say on this date, I'm going to be in this place, no matter where I have to travel from, like I'm going to make it happen? Or how does perfectly with like the pipeline timeline that we all know is crazy? I know. So that's a really good question. And there's a lot of times where it's last. I mean, I would say majority of the time is last minute because you don't know where you're going to be. And it always seems like the trips I get asked to like go help my family with or whatever, I have to literally book my ticket last. And a lot of times I maybe will offer to pay for my trip, but then I'm like, I can't because I don't even know what airport I'm going to be in. So then, you know, like that's a struggle. I had to book a, a ticket once thinking I was going to be somewhere and we weren't there. So I had to travel to that airport to fly out of it. You know, I am very fortunate because my husband wants me and then and encourages and he doesn't really like have an opinion in that sense. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have opinions, but like we miss each other. And like when we're away from each other, like I'm, I miss him and it's like, I want to be back home, but I just, I know it's important for me to have these experiences too. I wouldn't get to be who I truly am at my core if I wasn't going to see and being a part of my family. Side note, like a PS here, housewives, like you don't have to be a traditional housewife or like what I call them a Betty. Like you can be whatever you want, like set that tone for yourself. I don't always cook. I like to go out to eat. I'm not a big person. I don't like to cook really. And I hate dishes. I'd rather clean a bathroom. I would feel so jealous if I was working all the time and he was just like going and blowing. But that's the difference in 
in who we are. And I'm like, at least I'm honest about it. Like, I mean, I'd want that for him, but then I'd be like, jealous. I wasn't either one getting to experience it or feeling left out. But like, he's just not that way. He's such an easygoing guy. Does he like absolutely love what he does every day? For the most part, he really does like his job. Because I feel like that's Austin. He likes it. And now there's times where like he wants a break for sure. Like right now he's kind of like, oh, I would like to go home for, you know, like a couple weeks and like reset. But he loves it. And so what I have got to where I'm trying to tell myself is he's getting to, he fills his days doing what he wants to do. Like, that's why we're out here after all. It's Mm -hmm. not just for the money or whatever. It's because that's what he wants to do as his Mm -hmm. job. It was like an ultimate goal of his, you know what I mean? Like he's making it happen. He loves doing it. That's what we're doing. And so I have to kind of realize, okay, so what does that mean for me? And so this year I'm trying this thing where I'm starting to like have hard dates. Like, you know, I just went on a trip for a month Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I like, booked hard dates and I was thinking, okay, you know, no matter where I have to drive from, whatever, like this is happening. So along with that, Austin, we were going to a friend's wedding. Austin couldn't get off early enough. And so I had to drive out. We were supposed to drive out together because we always have the dogs, you know, I had to drive out and he flew out. But so for one, that just stunk, but it is what it is, right? Kind of it's, e- it's easier to get over that stuff the long, the, you know, the more that it happens. Cause you just realize like it's nobody's fault. It's just kind of part of it. Correct. But this is the other part of this whole thing. Doing stuff last minute. Austin's plane ticket was so expensive. Have you found like a hack with that? Or is it just, that's the price you have to pay for doing it last minute. I mean, I'm talking like six or I think it was like $700 round trip. See, to me, I feel like that's pretty average. Like I feel like when you get to the eight nine hundred dollars, that's where I feel like it's more expensive. But I feel like that's pretty average. Like I feel like I get a good deal when it's like in the three hundreds. But I'm also usually traveling like the length of the United States. I did right. get a great ticket from West Virginia Small Airport recently to Idaho for like three sixty five, but that was a one way to me. And I'm like still at the end of the day, it's less than seven hundred. But if I can drive, I usually drive. When I am like, okay, that's 12 or 13 hours. I'm like, that's a day trip. Like you're making it in a yep. day and that's what it is. I'm going to go drive all day tomorrow when I could stay and hang out or whatever, because I want to be home on Sunday when he's off. And yep. I try, like, if I'm going to do any of this, I try to make sure I'm always back like on a Saturday night so we can have our steak night, have all day together. And do you leave on a off. Monday? I always try to leave on a Monday like after the Sunday or like I, I try like last time for this trip, I left on a Saturday and it pained me because I yeah. knew that I was going to leave. And the next day was going to be his one day off. Cause mm-hmm. I always try to like leave on Monday or like sometime during the week because yeah. I hate leaving on like Friday or Saturday whenever I know he's like fixing to have a day off. Yeah. It's tough. And then it's like, it always seems the case. Like last year I had my surgery and I would, once I got in between my two surgeries that I had, I, like booked a ticket and it's so silly it's like you plan like all this cool he's gonna have all these days off and of course when you come to visit they work seven days a week and you're like oh typical <laughs> but I'll yes. take the two three hours at night the other thing you have to think about is like they're gone a lot of the day so when you are gone doing what you do it gives you a chance to kind of for me I feel like I kind of reboot and then I also appreciate my home more like when I go home now I'm like 
this isn't home to me. Like I can't wait to get back to my lifestyle and my routine that I actually crave. So I feel like the more I've done it and I've been, I feel like super on the go lately, but you know, I guess that is the luxury of my lifestyle. Like I feel like in this season, I really just believe that God has on my heart to be there for my family. My personal things maybe get put to the side a little bit because that's what's important to me. And it's also given me a lot of perspective and I think it's made our relationship stronger because he's my best friend and like, I really do enjoy his company. So, and I don't say that like as a cliche thing, like I couldn't have said that when we first got married, but like now I really feel that way. Like I'd rather spend my time with him than anybody else. Sundays are definitely, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about today, but I feel like we could talk about pipeline life and pipeline wife stuff all day because it just is, and I feel like so many of us are probably starved for it because very few of us have a whole lot of people in our life that really get it. And that's always hard. So today, everything you're saying, I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Well, it's like you um, see someone with an out-of-state license plate in like the town you're in, you instantly know where I like, I feel like I can pick out pipeline, like yep. in a grocery store. <laughs> And like, you like know, you're like, oh, are you pipeline? You're like, yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, like instantly you feel like family or like friends, Mm -hmm. like, and they may not necessarily love you, but like, (laughs) I feel like that kinship because it is, we're like an anomaly, like people, like you were saying before about it's like a part-time job or like you're doing this in an intermittent part of your life. And this doesn't like necessarily your career or like, it's kind of like, cause it's taboo. It's taboo in the sense that like people would just travel around or this is why I think it's so cool that you've created this community, people like us, like more blue collar type and kind of like, not just business, like go to an office every day and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just like, you have this because I feel like, whether you've been in it for two days, two years, or 20 years, I think that just getting to hear people's stories and be able to relate, like you said, I just, what a great gift. Isn't Mary Kate the best? I absolutely love her and hope that her story touched you in some way. I know that it did me and we just had such a good time talking. Again, this was just part of our conversation. The rest of it, I know I kind of left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. I'm really sorry about that. The rest of it will be next week. The episode will go out Wednesday morning. So check back wherever you're listening next Wednesday for the rest of our conversation. I will see you guys then. I hope this conversation found you right where you are. Join us to celebrate and support one another on the road to life well lived. You can join in more with our community by visiting industrialtradition.com slash subscribe. And we will send you over all the ways you can hang out with us during the week. I'll be back here same time next week for another episode. Now it's time to push back your seat and go live your industrial tradition. Industrial Tradition.